Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. After uh, a two-day hiatus, I'm back. Pause the music. Let's explain. You're like 24. Um, you haven't uploaded in two days. What's been going on? Well, <clears throat> like kind of as I've... So, so let me kind of give you a little bit of history about the podcast. So about two years ago, out around this time, and actually, you know, like, let's get Lady Ray on in. Like, unpause it, Lady Ray. I, I hate to pause it. Like, so, about two years ago, right, I am really starting to get a lot of momentum from the podcast relative to, like, what I uh, had at the time, right? 2020, early 2020, before the pandemic, and I got really, really sick. I was sick for about two weeks, and... I went on and I recorded a podcast. I forgot what it was, but it essentially destroyed my voice to the point where I had to go to the hospital. I felt I couldn't breathe for like, I felt like I, like I felt like I couldn't breathe for like a hot minute and I woke up in a lot of pain and I was just like, let's just go to the hospital. And my voice just didn't get better over the last couple of days, kind of fast forwarded, you know, to the present from two years ago. Didn't feel great over the last two days. Still don't, but I feel significantly better than um, than I did on Tuesday. To be honest with you, if I didn't take the break, the two days off, I don't know how I probably would have... Um, if I'm honest with you, if I would, I don't know how I would have like done 30 minutes. And I did, I think an hour and that was like kind of pushing it on Tuesday or Monday. I can't remember which, but yeah, that's kind of the story. It's kind of why I took two days off really probably should have taken off Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and came back today. And I'll kind of see how I feel tomorrow. I'm already starting to feel it right now. And I've only been speaking for like three minutes but we'll make it through we'll get through it very excited got a lot of stuff to talk about i'll get into it but i want lady ray to kind of you know to kind of lead us into the podcast ladies and gentlemen lady ray come on in 24's podcast That, ladies and gentlemen, was the uh, the marvelous 
the uberly talented Lady Ray. A little bit of a, uh, a side note before I <clears throat> get into the podcast. A singer, songwriter, like first and foremost, I'm a big music guy. Love music, bought a vinyl player. I remember I showed my grandmother for Christmas uh, that I had bought a record and she was just like, how's he going to listen to all that music? Or, or that music that he bought, that record. And my mom was like, well, he bought he bought a, uh, a record player. He bought a record player, and he said, and she said, he bought a record player. How did he buy? One? Like she was stunned that you know record players were, were um, <clears throat> were uh, like, were still being produced. She was just like, uh, like aren't they out of style? My grandmother's like almost a hundred, and she's just like, aren't record players out of style? But um, you know, I, I think a couple of months ago, I listened to one of Lady Ray's singles. It's the self, it's the, um, the album titled song, Peace of Me. The new album that she just came out with is, um, Peace of Me. And the title track is also a piece of me or just Peace of Me. Awesome song, by the way. And I heard like that song and a couple of other songs and I was like, whoa, on Bandcamp. And I was like, oh God, this is a really, really, really awesome artist. I don't even know who she is. She was super awesome, and, you know, I pre-ordered her album, her vinyl release. It came out, or technically her full album is going to come out tomorrow, and I've listened to the album, like, three times, and I am, like, in love with it. I will say this. I did get a little, like, I won't, it didn't get tiresome. I just wanted to listen to something else. It's a great album. I love it. Shout out to Lady Ray, and that was... One of the songs on the album, Come On In. Awesome track. Anyways, yeah, that's what I've been doing all day. Hold on, let me put this back. I'm holding my vinyl record right now. Also, the album cover is really, really awesome. I was surprised Stephen Colbert had her on. Um, she's not a very well-known uh, artist. So I was like, oh, I was trying to find one of her songs to play. And I went with uh, Come On In. And I was just like, I couldn't find her album. Not her album, but any of her songs anywhere. So found that one. Strangely enough, on what's her on Stephen Colbert's YouTube channel. God, I got to go quickly. I, I kid you not, my voice is already starting to get like. It's already in pain, and I'm, I haven't even started yelling yet, and I know I'm going to yell. <sighs> I know I'm going to yell during this podcast. <clears throat> so, <sighs> what is it? What happened today? What happened over the last couple of days? So, relatively speaking, a lot of things have happened, Right? Uh, you've probably gotten the news. You've probably gotten the word Sean Payton has retired. As well as uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Thank God. <laughs> he was terrible this year. Oh my God. He was so bad. He was so bad uh, this year. I was like, dear God, just retire after this year, after this season. And thank God he did. <clears throat> but on top of 
Sean Payton retiring, Ben Roethlisberger retiring. There was a bunch of hirings. The Vikings got a GM. By the way, uh, I haven't been doing nothing. Haven't been doing anything. I've been doing a lot. I've been looking at, for example, uh, some of the cornerbacks in the draft. And uh, I made out a list. I don't know if we're going to talk about corners in this podcast. This podcast may just be a little bit too inflated because I'm just catching up here. But uh, I was looking at Roger McCreary. McCreary? I don't know how to say his last name. Watched him. Loved him. And uh, who else did I watch? I rewatched Kyer Alam and Ahmad Garner. And I'm, I'm done with probably the top-end guys probably at that position. I'm probably going to start on some of the uh, the lower-end guys. But we got I got like seven corners that I've already looked at. I'm very, very excited. Very, very excited to talk about them with you. Uh, they probably, probably will not be, um, we probably won't talk about them. So it's a little bit of a tease for maybe tomorrow, maybe today. <clears throat> God. Let's get started. I mean, where should we start? You know what? Let's get the Sean Payton stuff out of the way quickly. I took some notes. Oh my God. I just saw like how much stuff I like. I did all of this stuff, all this work, like as I was semi sick or more specifically as I just like lost my voice and it's just like, I'm like, I know I'm going to be angry and I know my voice is going to hurt after this, but let's, let's get Sean Payton out of the way. Right. By the way, Ooh, very excited to talk about this. Um, Logic, the rapper. Sorry. Um, he looks to be making another studio album very, very soon. He keeps teasing it. He's just like Vinyl Days. That's the album that it's that uh, that he's calling. Vinyl Days will be released when the samples clear. I like. He has a a picture of him and his wife up, and he's like Vinyl Days, and I was just like, ooh. Is that the album cover? Looks pretty solid. Looks pretty cool. I don't know. Um, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very, very excited. Also, apparently the new Pokemon video game is coming out. I guess I haven't played it yet. I mean, I don't, I can't play it. I don't have a Nintendo Switch. So it's just like, I mean, what am I saying? I like, I haven't played it yet. It's just like, of course I haven't played it. I don't have. Oh my God. Somebody just caught a shiny ble- uh Buizel. Oh my God. I just saw it. Somebody just caught a, sw- a shiny Buizel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh God. There's just so much cool stuff going on recently. I mean, at, at least for me, I don't know about it you but i mean for me it's pretty it's pretty awesome god what was i talking about (laughs) oh yeah logic oh wait 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 hold on oh my god Wait, what? Now now I'm like looking. I really have to stop 
going on Twitter. I'm like looking at fan arts or fan art of um of people creating concept art for Pokemon for Pokemon like uh what is it? For like Pokemon I don't, I don't know. For like Pokemon the the starter Pokemon in the game and I was just like, "Oh god, that looks way better than probably what they they put out on unfortunately sorry now now i want to like go on ebay and like look at nintendo switches that are like for cheap or whatever nintendo switch lights because i can't i don't play my switch i don't play switches i sold my switch for like the literal msrp price after i had like had it for three years i was just like yeah sure I'm like I'm gonna I I want a Nintendo Switch Lite, which is like the cheaper, the cheaper version of it. But now they're like they used to be like one hundred and eighty dollars on eBay, fresh and brand new. Now they're like two hundred and twenty eight. I'm like, how? Regardless, I've been delaying for like thirteen minutes. I haven't even started to talk about football, and I have to use the bathroom already. It's just like a like. Just terrible, terrible decisions after terrible decisions. Um, I mean, let's get like I I wanted to start start off with, oh my God, Sean Payton. I wanted to play. Hold on, I wanted to play this song. Hold on. Really slow typer here. <clears throat> Or is it, hold on, or is this a better version of it? No, no, that's not it. No, it's this one. Then I get an ad for it. Oh, my God. We're off to a great start, I know. I know we're off to it. We're off to a fantastic start. Oh yeah, here it is. <laughs> oh my god. Beautiful song. I don't even know who made it, but this is ah. Turn it up. Turn it up. Hit the shot, wait. Why you wait? Go ahead. Hit the shot, wait. Hit the shot, Peyton. All right, I'm done. I'm done. <clears throat> I'm thinking about playing that instead of "Come on in." Oh my God! But I, I, I just love Lady Ray's new album so much that I just, I uh, like it. It superseded "Hit the Sean Payton." It just super. It, it's just an awesome song. Do your dance. Hit the sharp tape. Okay, the the core the verses aren't very good, but you know the the chorus. Do your dance. Hit the shot. They they like um actually played that song in the Saints locker room after they had like beaten the Vikings and Sean Payton was doing the gritty. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> he was oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's like, that's booming. Hold on. <laughs> I 
He's down the green! <laughs> Sean Payton! Sean Payton! I love Sean Payton. <clears throat> I gotta I gotta watch that one again, but on mute I won't. So Sean Payton retired. He's actually, you know, he's doing a pretty good gritty. I'll say that. He's doing a pretty good gritty. Sean Payton um retired yesterday. Makes me cry. From the Saints. We'll get into it. Uh right now. <clears throat> Sean Payton. Uh, doing the gritty all the way into his um, well-deserved retirement. Apparently, he wants to do television, which I'm not mad at. He doesn't call it a retirement. He says maybe he could coach again. Dallas Cowboy fans are foaming at the mouth. Um, could I see him coaching Dallas? Yeah. Also, let me just get this one out of the way. Like... I've heard, oh my God, I I really, I really have to get off of, I really have to get off of Twitter, because I, like, now, I click on, first of all, big Euphoria fan here, love it, love the TV show, Um, it's definitely not for everyone, but now it's just like, there is this Twitter trend where they are tweeting out people who would put Nate Jacobs in his place. Nate Jacobs is like the main antagonist of the TV show. He's this like douchebag high school guy. And like one of the people that they tweeted out was Liz Giles or Gillies. I don't know how to say her last name. Liz Giles, I think that's her name. Jade. Jade Pritchett or Jade Prinkett, whatever her last name is. Um, Jade is like this emo girl from this TV show called Victorious. She is awesome. And it's just like, oh my God. Sorry, 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 sorry. I just get super, dis- and, and now it's just like people are tweeting out, you know, poor, Miss Porky the Pig or whatever. They tweeted out uh, like, oh my God, like Katara from the Avatar, Selena Gomez's character from Wizards of Waverly Place, the mean cheerleader from Glee. It's just like, it's just, they're all good picks, you know? One of the, um, I forgot her name, but the the mean girl from Scream Queens, I forgot her name. Like, just a bunch of great picks. I mean, who is it? Isn't that, like, I don't, I don't even know who some of these girls are, but I, like Azula from Avatar. They, I'm, I, I know we have a lot, a lot of stuff to get through. They also put in Megan Fox's character from um, the movie where she's like a vampire or whatever, or possessed by a demon. I don't know. A lot of great picks. Sorry, I just got really, really distracted. Oh my god! And then Sabrina, the teenage wit. Like what? What's her name? What's her name? Sabrina, not the, Sabrina. Um, Bucky. What's her name? Hold on. What's who's that girl from Scooby Doo? Girl from I'm a slow typer. Not Sabrina. She's the vampire hunter. Right? What's her name? God damn it, I forgot who she is. She was in the She was in the fucking TV show. I can't find it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Boom. They tweeted out that girl would fucking murder Nate Jacobs. 
Sorry. Anyways. Um, yeah, my voice is starting to get a little bit... I, I've spent way too much time on this. Let me get off of Twitter. Way too many good responses. You know you hit for... I'm, I, I, my mind, again, if you haven't noticed, I have a mind of a gerbil, okay? It all started with Sean Payton. Do your dance. Hit the Sean Payton, okay? We're supposed to be talking about his retirement. And I was going to segue into how people had had him um, with the Dallas Cowboys about two, three years ago. If you don't know the story... Apparently, there was a deal in place that had Sean Payton to the Cowboys in 2019. I just have one question. I just have a question about it. And apparently, the reason why Sean Payton did not go to the Cowboys was because the GM of the Saints was the GM of the Pelicans at the time, and he was worried about trading two iconic players in New Orleans or two iconic personalities for New Orleans in the exact same offseason. Let me just look something up really, really quickly. That report is by Mike Florio. Or was by Mike Florio. Um, let me put it to you like this. I don't believe it. PFT is one of those... PFT, a.k.a. Mike Florio. They're just one of those uh, sites that I just don't trust really at all. 2019, yeah, they were, they lost in the wild card, but they were 13 and three. Why would they move off of Sean Payton? I mean, to me, it just, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, you know? At that point in time, he wasn't like off his game. He wasn't sluggish. He wasn't like, like his, his thought process wasn't you know, outdated. It was, it was on fleek as everybody would call it. He was great. I, I don't understand it. So a number one, <clears throat> I don't believe that they actually would have traded away Sean Payton because he was still, um, he was still relevant offensively. B the whole reason, like the whole backlash, like GMs don't care about backlash. I don't believe that he cared about the backlash. If that was a real thing. Number, um, number three. Okay. Points as to why Sean Payton was not going to be a Dallas Cowboy. John Gruden, I think he costed Tampa Bay two number one, two first round draft picks, two twos, and $8 million in cap space that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had to pay out for X amount of time. I don't know how many, how much time, but they had to pay it. Like they had to give up a lot for John Gruden. Okay. Like a lot of stuff for John Gruden. So much stuff that really it would not have made sense, not even made sense, but really, and this is before, by the way, like a little bit of context, this is before John Gruden won a Super Bowl, right? They gave up so much for John Gruden, granted they won the Super Bowl, this is him moving from the Raiders to Tampa, they won the Super Bowl, however, could you imagine what Sean Payton would go for? Hall of Fame head coach, one of the best head coaches in the NFL, he said it during his press conference, he, he was just like, yeah, we've won... Um, the second most games in the NFL, second only to Kansas City in the last five years. And when you look at, can I like, let, like, let's try and find the Saints record 
like the Saints record outside of like okay, okay. So the last time that they um that they lost that they didn't get double digit wins besides this year, they were 9 and 8. But besides this year, the last time that they didn't get double digit wins was all the way back in 2016. Just saying. Just saying. Awesome head coach. So Sean Payton, I don't know. Like, I don't think he would have been traded to the Cowboys, if I'm honest with you. It's way too much. It's way too much uh, just draft compensation that the Cowboys would have to give up. It just doesn't sound like something either team would do. And then on top of that, we're talking about, like, the timeline-wise, right? Like, are we talking, like, literally, like, after they fired Jason Garrett? Did they have the trade? Like, like this is what I'm talking about. You know, are, is, is it just like, are you talking about after the 2019 season or before the 2019 season, right? Like, in August or April or May? Like, I don't know. Are we talking early 2019 or later 2019? Like, the Saints, they didn't play their, their playoff game before the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, right? Like, they had played their f- playoff game, and then they had lost, and then Mike McCarthy got hired, like like that, right? Some people would say, well, that means that they were in talks, and it's just like, like I don't think so, because, this, because A, you, I don't think you can trade your head coach. There's like, the problem is, right, when somebody just throws information out like that, it's just like, I want to know specifics. When he was, when the proposition for the trade was apparently going to happen, when, where, how, all that good stuff. But then it's just like, what was the trade compensation? Like, it's, there's so many moving parts and so many people have like said, well, I think it's a thing. And then it's just like, well, where, where is it a thing? Where? I just, I don't see it. And apparently there's been people that's confirmed it. I haven't seen anyone like legitimate with insider knowledge confirm it. And I would chastise people who quote unquote are insiders who are reporting on this thing actually happening. Cause I just, I like, I, I don't see it happening whatsoever for either team, regardless of if one team was worried about backlash or not. I'm like, no, that's, that's not a thing. Sorry. It's just not, it's just, you do what's best for the team. If you're worried about what people are going to perceive of you, even if you make like a good decision, if you were, or, or not a good decision, more specifically a decision that people are going to hate short term, but love long term, you you pull the trigger anyways. It's just like I, I don't understand it. Oh, gosh. Anyways. <clears throat> Let me play you something, right? So this is, God, I cannot get enough. Oh, my God. I cannot get enough of these, like, just put X person in a room with Nate Jacobs. I, I'm so sorry. They're just, it's just so good. So good. Oh, my God. I got to get off. I have, I, I got to get off. Okay. Fantasy, we're living in reality. Let me play you some of the um, the press conference. So Sean Payton, he like he would like in my opinion, I don't think he would have been traded to the Cowboys. Let me refresh the page here. 
so that way I don't get like an ad. Did they monetize this video? I don't think they did. Do I have anything of relevant? Um, yeah. Let me play you a couple of clips about him and his retirement, and I'll kind of, and then we'll move on from there. But I actually also have to use the bathroom, so let me pull up. Uh, come on in. After hit the Sean Payton. Okay, here's Sean Payton talking about how um, kind of like the timeline of when he should re- should have retired, or when he kind of got bitten with the bug of retirement. Every year you go to training camp, and the one unique thing about our job is it's entirely different than your summer, and. I don't know if, if it was a year earlier, maybe, depending on when Drew retired. It, look, he and I never discussed when his last game would be or when I'd be finished. I just felt like this season. Please welcome Dakota Johnson. Sorry about that. It was challenging for everyone. But, man, I felt like it was time. I felt like it was time. You know, I kind of knew maybe heading into training camp this might, but you don't, you, you, you know, you don't share that with anyone. You think, well, let's see how the season goes, and we're working hard, and and I felt the time was right for me. I felt the time was right, and it's something that I, I, I've been thinking about. You know, I, I think that look, you have close friends in the industry. I've lost a few close friends in this industry in the last two or three years. Um, and also, you know, they're, they're, forget football. There's other things, spending more time. There's a lot of sacrifices you make. And so not many get to choose their terms. And I looked at it as an opportunity also to, to see my kids more, to travel some more, to, to get in better shape to there's an attrition two in the morning and and I know I hear people say well you don't have yeah I get it but I need to that's the way it works for me and I think the attention to details are so important that it can be exhausting and so I felt as this season was winding down um, that it was the right thing and then the last week and a half yeah, I'm comfortable with that. And now, here's the thing. Our division. Um, I'll kind of pause it and we'll kind of move forward from here. Can I ask you a question? <clears throat> so, uh, not even, let me use, um, kind of insert some exposition before I ask the question, right? So, a lot of people will talk about Sean Payton. They'll spend like five minutes We've probably spent like 20 minutes on Sean Payton at this point. A lot of people have commented commented, excuse me, on Sean Payton's retirement, and they really haven't even listened to his press conference. It was about an hour to about an hour and 30 minutes. Let me kind of just check. No, it was an hour and 30 minutes. He had, uh, he had essentially sat down and he had gone on for 30 minutes, and then that 
kind of sequence that I just played for you was, I think, the first question that he had um, been posed after, and he just took questions for about an hour. So, Sean Payton retires from football. A lot of people, they they want to see the angle of it, right? They're like, well, is he going to be the Cowboy Tech Cowboy? Like, but they never really stop and think to themselves, like, is he truly retired from football? And I wrote some things down in his press conference. He said, you know, and this is kind of a paraphrase, but also some of it is a quote. He said, forget about football. There is a lot of sacrifices you have to make. And when you start saying stuff like that, and when he said, like, I may have known about, may know, I may have known that it was my time in training camp. Like, for everybody out there that's like, <clears throat> Sean Payton will be the next Cowboy head coach, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. Not in, like, maybe, like, he's 58. He's been in, what is it? He's been in, uh, in New Orleans for 16 years. I don't think he's going to Dallas. And I think that exchange that I just played for you, which was about two minutes, I think that that kind of, you know, kind of backs that up. I feel like a lot of people are like, he's going to be the next. No, like, I don't think so. I don't think he has the intentions. Like some people are like, well, he retired to go to Dallas. I don't think that was his intention. I don't really like, I mean, it's not that I don't know why he retired. I think he retired for the exact purposes that he, um, that he, um, that he retired for. He wants to spend more time with his family and he's introspective about his life. He wants to like his, I think he has a daughter and he has a son and, uh, his son wants to be a GM slash scout. His daughter works in media. She actually interviewed him one time, which was actually kind of cool. I don't think he's the Cowboys head coach for everybody that wanted to know right off the bat, like 24, do you think he's going to be the cop? No, I don't. No, I do not. And this kind of confirms it kind of right here in the blackest and whitest of words. My plans are not to be coaching in 2022. Boom. There you go. Does he say anything else? And that's just how I feel. There you go. He said, I will not be coaching in 2022. And some people may take it as, well, is he going to coach in 2023? I Let me play you uh, one final clip, and then I'll take a very, very short bathroom break, and then we will continue with something else. Here we go. This is it. In, in meeting with some people, um, I'd like to try TV, and I've had some opportunities, and yet I really don't. Um, I talked to Drew a little bit about it last night. I don't. Uh, I don't know that part of it that well. Um, but that'd be something that would interest me. And oh wait, let me play a little bit more. So. I think the hardest part is sitting in your chair saying, wait a minute, you haven't talked with a network yet. You haven't talked with, like, not a word. Um, so hopefully that opportunity comes. It will. I was thinking Monday Night Football. I'm like, Monday Night Football is an absolute disaster. 
when he said like, I would, I would like to do Monday night or not Monday night, but I would like to do TV. I'm like, yeah, Monday night. Cause yikes, Monday night. <laughs> I was watching, I was watching the Monday night football broadcast, the, uh, the playoff thing. And they had McFarlane, Booger McFarlane. I hate his name. Why would you nickname yourself after a bodily like fluid thing? Uh, it's just, it's so dis. I hate boogers and I hate the name. But they had him doing the uh, the Monday night wild card round, and I was just like, "This is terrible! Oh my god!" And then the normal one with Lewis Riddick and Steve Levy and like all those guys is also terrible. But then I was just like, "Just get one guy and Sean Payton," and I'm like, hmm, "Maybe I'll watch Monday Night Football for like the first time in like four years without cringing at how bad it is." Um, so Sean Payton's gone; he's retired. What does this mean for the Saints long-term? Well, as soon as I saw the list of candidates that they are interviewing, I was like, yikes, that does not look good at all. So I am like flipping through my pages. One of those being Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, completely disagree. And then who, who was it again? Who else did they interview as well? They were like, yeah, we want Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator from the uh, the Lions. And I was just like, no, no, God, no. And then who was it again? I forgot who, but I didn't like who else they interviewed or that they were planning on interviewing. I think it was, I, I don't know who it was. But then today it gets announced and released. Oh, Brian Leftwich is in play. And I was like, hmm, that piques my interest. That's kind of fun. That's interesting. Brian Lefwich, offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two years with Tom Brady, two two of the best years, I might add, of Tom Brady. Stud, being overlooked for a lot of jobs, in my opinion. We'll kind of touch on him in Jacksonville in a couple of minutes. But when they said Brian Lefwich, I was like, that's it. That's a great pick. That's a great pickup. But then, as with a lot of teams, I kind of look at the Saints and I'm like, okay. Saints are now missing a head coach who they have to feel, but most importantly, a quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Sorry about that. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I really have to go to the bathroom. And um, I'll continue forward with kind of head coaching conversations all across the league, player conversations, draft kind of focuses and things of that nature. We're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the 24th podcast. Lady Ray. my hand. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. After talking about Sean Payton directly and indirectly for about 30 minutes, back to talk about kind of the ramifications of what's kind of gone on for the last 12, 13 hours, something like that. Heart fade. So, over the last really day, day and a half, unless I got anything else, I don't have anything else, we can uh, we can get to the point of the podcast that I was really worried about. Let me take some water. This is gonna be this is gonna be rough for me. But let me take a, another one, hold on. Oh my god. Like my throat was just so dry. So <clears throat> we have like we have all of these head coaching hirings. We have all of these we have all of these um interviews that have been going on. And before we talk about the um the hiring of Matt Eberflus of Nathaniel Hackett, of Quasey, um, I cannot say his middle name and his last name. I'll just say Quasey Mensa. I think that's how you say his last name and first name. Among others, I kind of just wanted to go back a couple of days ago to what I had prepared <clears throat> for, I think, a Tuesday podcast. This is before I decided to call a quits and essentially just be like, yeah, you know, not going to podcast today, right? So what I had prepared for you was essentially a list of teams that I had, teams and and uh, coaches that I had kind of seen or saw throughout the last couple of days. You know, I looked at their head coaching interviews and I was just like, okay, like, let me kind of talk about some of these guys that are being interviewed or that are getting quote unquote requests for interviews because I don't like most of them. Right. 
And that was kind of the theme for that day. And then I was like, well, let me also kind of take a peek. Let me, like, take a Take a peek. Let me like I can do. I can take a peek. Like let me look at some of the other guys that are being that that got hired last season as well before the 2021 season, right? Guys like Brandon Staley, Urban Meyer, Nick Sirianni. Let's talk about kind of head coaching hirings in general. About half the league, a little bit over half the league, got hired within the last year, right? 17 jobs were up between this year and last year. A lot of jobs, a lot of fires, a lot of guys bit the bullet, okay? And I was just like, let me let me talk about it. And I wanted to kind of show you really the the lack of good head coaching candidates, right? I think I talked about it on Monday or last week where I was just like, I don't like what is going on right here, right now with head coaching interviews, with, you know, um, the candidates that they're requesting for interview, all that stuff. I don't like any of it. And here we are where, you know, about a week later, not even a week later, a couple days later, guys that are getting hired are guys that I freaking would not hire in a Heartbeat. And also the implications that it has for their respective teams. So kind of like, I mean, I mean, like, let's, let's freaking get started, right? Like, I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. So the Raiders are going after uh, Josh McDaniels. Why? I, I don't know why. Great coordinator, terrible head coach. We've seen it before. We've seen, I mean, how many times do I have to scream and shout? I'm going to try to save my voice. I'm going to try. I'm going to fail. But how many times do we see over the course of the last 20 years that a Patriot official gets a head coaching job and, oh, oh, oh my God, they're not as good as they once were in New England. It's because it's the genius of Bill Belichick, right? Apparently, Josh McDaniels, a report came out. Uh, apparently, Al Davis is really, really in love with Josh McDaniels. First and foremost, I just have to ask the obvious question. What does Al Davis know about hiring good head coaches? Okay, that's number one. Number two, second of all, he doesn't even have a GM, does he? Mike Mayock, they got rid of his ass literally a week ago. Okay, what does he know about hiring guys? The last two guys that he hired were disasters. Disasters. What does he know? I don't know what he knows. He doesn't know anything. Okay? Third of all, like, it's just not even third of all. He's making, like, cardinal sin after cardinal sin. I don't even have to to really be that, like, uh, like, like that expressive about it, or not expressive, but that articulate about it. It's just like, like he's just making bad decision after bad decision, hiring John Gruden. Nobody liked it. I didn't like it originally. And now look at what he, look at who he's hiring, or not who he's hiring, but who he's interviewing. Guys that have no business being hired or interviewed, right? Jared Mayo. There, he's just interested in Patriot officials. It's like Jared Mayo and Josh McDaniels, and I'm just like. First and foremost, if I'm either guy, and if I, like, if I hear that the Raiders are interested in me, I'm like, no, the Raiders, they suck as an organization, as evident by their lack of 
anything in 20 years and how terrible they are as a franchise. Like the draft, everything. They terribly drafted football players. I'm glad that the Mike Mayock and John Gruden era is over with, but I mean, goodness gracious, how many bad players did they draft? Um, Cleveland Farrell, who was a bust. Josh Jacobs, some people are like, no, 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 he's not a bust. He's not a bust. He's not a bust. I'm just like, well, you drafted him in the top 20s, which is where Najee Harris got drafted, and he's like already like nowhere near top five or top 10 at his position. He got injured a lot last season, and he wasn't as, as good as he was. I mean, he hasn't been as good as he was in his rookie season in like, I mean, I was about to say three years, but I mean, like he hasn't been anywhere close to his rookie season. His numbers have fallen off. The offensive line is terrible. It's essentially Derek Carr or bust. And in that factor, like Derek Carr is not as good as you want him to be. Defense besides Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby is kind of uh, not very good. But I mean, I just don't like the Raiders at all. And I don't think a lot of head coaching candidates love the the Raiders at all. Not at all, excuse me, but as well. Just don't get it. Vikings, I didn't know who they were um, interviewing. Oh, yeah, I have who the Saints were interviewing. I completely forgot to look at this. They're interviewing um, Dennis Allen. No idea who that guy is. And Aaron Glenn, who's the Lions defensive coordinator. I, I didn't. I don't get it. Who is Aaron Glenn again? Never heard that name. It's funny how, like, all of these head coaching candidates, like, I know a lot about some of the best coordinators in the NFL, but I just, I don't know who some of these guys are. It's funny how that one works. They're just like, we'll just interview guys that 24 has no idea who these people are, and we'll have them come in. Who the hell is Dennis Allen? He's the defensive coordinator for the Saints. Saints have a great defense, but they always have a great defense. And then the Bears, they hired Matt Eberflus. We will talk about that. But their three finalists were Matt Eberflus, Dan Quinn, and Jim Caldwell. All terrible coaching candidates for multitudes of different reasons. Giants are getting Brian Dable. A lot of people like him. I do not. Dolphins reportedly were interviewing Vance Joseph, the former Denver Broncos head coach who is a defensive coordinator who I, I don't get why they're interviewing him whatsoever. He's bad. Okay. Denver Broncos, Dan Quinn, Rams offensive coordinator. I don't know his name. I forgot his name. You could have sold me on the Rams offensive coordinator because Sean McVay's coaching tree is immaculate. But then they also were like Nathaniel Hackett and they were like, oh, we'll roll with the guy that essentially gets carried by Aaron Rodgers. And I'm just like, okay, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted at all. For the Denver Broncos. And then you have Jacksonville with Brian Leftwich, who I love. I was just like, hmm, that's a pretty good pickup. And then the Houston Texans apparently have been linked to Josh McCown. You know what's funny about the Houston Texans? It's funny how, like, you know, they've had all of these bad um, situations with head coaches and GMs and all this controversy surrounding the football team. And then it's just like you don't really hear anything about the head coaches that they've interviewed or head coaching candidates that they want to interview. It's almost as if nobody wants to work there. And um, it's not almost as if nobody wants to work there. It is that nobody wants to work there. Just saying. 
But um, essentially out of like all those teams, right? Out of all those teams, I was like, you know what? Let me look at the head coaching candidates, the majority of them. Let me look at the majority of the head coaching candidates of the nine teams that were up for, you know, that that had head coaching vacancies, essentially. How many of those vacancies, or not even head coaching vacancies, but those interviews did I like? How many of them did I like? And I went down the list and I was just like, I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. I like this guy. I don't like this guy. It was a lot of I don't likes. I liked one team's interviews, the majority of them, out of nine. Okay? One. That was Jacksonville and Brian Lefwich. Every other football team I hated. Not I disliked, I hated. The majority of interviews. Right? I hated them. Hated them. And it's something that I said about a couple of weeks ago. I was just like, if your owner sucks, forget about it. Your team will be irrelevant, right? If your owner doesn't get it, if they're not willing to sacrifice part of themselves to win, then forget about it. You'll, you'll, like your team will perennially be terrible. It's unfortunately how the way this, you know, this game is played. Unfortunately, how the way the world works. It's like your coach sucks. Uh, your team will suck. Everybody will suck. And, like, it just, it's a suck fest. Okay? I only liked one of nine. Houston Texans with Josh McCown, former backup quarterback. And by backup quarterback, like, Kellen Moore was a backup quarterback. Josh McCown was a backup quarterback two years ago and has had no coaching experience. And it's just like, how, like, how can you... How can you justify this? I don't know. Ask this dumbass Houston Texans. Broncos, um, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett. They hired Nathaniel Hackett. He doesn't scheme up the plays. He doesn't call plays. That's Le Fleur. He calls the plays. He schemes the plays. It's his playbook. What from, like, 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 I've heard people be like, the reason why the Broncos got Nathaniel Hackett is because they want Aaron Rodgers and they think, and this is speculation. This isn't like actually a report. This is just like speculation, right? But the reason why people are like, well, they want Nathaniel Hackett or they hired Nathaniel Hackett is because they believe that they can get Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers will come if Nathaniel, if Nathaniel Hackett is here. And I'm just like, that's too many steps to just tell me that the uh, the Denver Broncos want Aaron Rodgers, which... It's just like, but what happens if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, there is that aspect. It's just like, what happens if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, right? Because then, like, everything changes. Because now it's just like, oh, wait, we just, uh, we kind of just screwed ourselves because we were trying to go after Aaron Rodgers, and now we don't have a quarterback. Because remember, the two quarterbacks on their roster are bugs. And Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, right? They're terrible. They've struggled with quarterbacks for the last seven years since Peyton Manning retired. They still don't have a quarterback. Will they take one? We will discuss. But the whole head coaching hires, not even the head coaching hires, but the whole like head coaching stuff over the last day, like with Nathaniel Hackett, like with 
the Broncos, joke. Miami with Vance Joseph, joke. Brian Dable, joke. Don't care how well they played in the AFC Championship game. It was essentially Josh Allen. They don't have a running game. They don't have a running game. They've worked on the running game for the last three years. They drafted Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, good running backs. Did you see his offensive line? Because it's terrible. It's horrible. Okay? You want to tell me about offense? You want to tell me about, uh, about Brian Table? Tell me about what his offensive line does. I don't know what he does. It's terrible. I, I don't understand it. Brian Dable to the Giants is something that I constantly hear that people are juiced up about. They're excited about it. I don't really understand it. Then you got the Bears. They hired Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus, it's it's such a bear. Here I go. It's such a Bears decision to hire Matt Eberflus when Brian Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy are just standing there. Waiting for it like the, it's just like the hot girl at the dance that's waiting for somebody to ask her out, but nobody has the courage to do it. That's Brian Leftwood. Everybody's just standing around waiting. Just she's waiting, waiting. They're waiting. Nobody wants them. Oh my god. Like I'm not I'm not I'm just getting started. Dan Quinn was also a finalist joke. So is Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was a finalist. I'm like, how? I get it. His departure from Detroit was unceremonious. It was terrible. It was garbage. People booted him out of the city, and then they got freaking Quinn Trisha, Matt Patricia, and Bob Quinn, and they have not won nine games since. They've been terrible. Okay? They even got awful. Oh my God! But Jim Caldwell to the Bear to the Bears, yuck! Saints, oh my God! Saints with Dennis Allen and Aaron Glenn. Thank God! Thank God that the Saints are like, yeah, we're gonna go out and we're gonna get uh, what's his name? We're gonna go out and get uh, Brian Leftwich as an interview. I'm like, thank you. We talked about the Raiders, but the Vikings with I, I don't even know who. I don't know who the Vikings are going to interview. Long story short, I didn't like most. I didn't like most of the uh, of the people that they interviewed, okay? Or not that they interviewed, but the majority of the people that are getting jobs right now. I was one of nine. I was like, I don't like the majority of the teams that are doing the majority of the interviews. I, I just, I don't like it. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. But then it's just like, you know, you flip it, right? You're like, well, how many head coaching hires did I like really last year as well? And it's just like, well, let's let's take a look. Right? So about eight guys got hired, right? Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, Jags Urban Meyer, Eagles Nick Sirianni, Lions Dan Campbell, Falcons Arthur Smith, and then I went back and I added some people that I just didn't like, um, it, like literally coming out of um, of their respective 
places like the Giants, Joe Judge, and then Matt Rule. I was just like, I don't like these guys. I said it last year. I, I, I'll say it again this year. I was just like, I don't like these guys. I don't like these head coaches. I don't know why they got hired. But I was just like, I will talk about them because I just don't like them. Okay. Brandon Staley didn't like the hire originally. Still, I'm a little bit lukewarm to it. He almost went to the playoffs. Head coach of the San Diego Chargers. Terrible. Terrible. Like, lost two games that really should have been won and that should have gotten them to the playoffs. And here they are, butts on couches, watching the playoffs happen instead of playing in playoff games, right? Jags, Urban Meyer loved the... uh, Loved it originally. If you told me that he would have kicked his players um, as they were practicing, I would have been like, yeah, that's not good. Not necessarily going to vouch for that guy. The reality is I'm kind of happy that he's gone. Just like everybody else. Nick Sirianni didn't like it when he got hired. Didn't know who the hell he was. But then I saw the interview for him and I was just like, oh, I, I like Nick Sirianni. He led his team to the playoffs, by the way. Dan Campbell hated it back then, still hate it, but he gets like four years or three years to try and turn things around because his team freaking sucks. Arthur Smith to the Falcons, hated it then, hate it now. Panthers, Matt Rule, hated it then, hate it now. Joke, he's about to be fired after this season if he doesn't get his team to the playoffs. And you tell me how he's supposed to get his team to the playoffs. You tell me. Tell me. Tell me. He doesn't have a quarterback. His running back keeps on getting hurt. His offensive line is terrible. And then what else? What else does Matt Rule not have and not do well? Um, He just hired Ben McAdoo, the wackadoo, the former New York Giant head coach, former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, former this year, former offensive consultant for the Dallas Cowboys. What does that mean? Your guess is as good as mine. But Matt Rule... Just hired his butt. And then Joe Judge. Joe Judge, wow. What a freaking disaster. Two years? Joke. Long story short, I don't like a lot of the hirings that have gone on for the past two to three years. I was like three for eight right there. I was just like, I like three head coaching hires. And one of those was Urban Meyer. Who I'm like, oh, I'm glad that he's gone after... Really not even a year. He got fired midway through the season. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm fine with getting rid of him. It's just like, I like, there are so many bad head coaches, head coaching candidates that I'm just like, I just don't like him. And some people are like, but 24, you gotta give him a chance. And it's like, no, I don't. I can literally watch a team hire a head coach who I don't like in that I'm like, 90% sure will be a terrible hire and be like, oh, that's a terrible hire. And then like a year later or three years later, it gets proven exactly right. It's just like, oh yeah, that's a terrible hire. I don't like a lot of, how many how many coaches? That's what, like four coaches that I like out of 18 or more specifically four head coaches, head coaching candidates and head coaches that I like over 18. It's just like, that's a joke. That is a joke. And apparently Jeff Fisher is back. I just got it that he's supposed to coach. Apparently. A team in the USFL. 
So, you know, that team, we already know the record, probably is going to go 8-8 eight and eight or whatever 500 is for that football team. Let me take a swing. Starting to lose my voice again. Long story short, um, don't like a lot of the head coaching hires and candidates that have come across my desk over the last, like, two years, two to three years. And what a surprise. The majority of them that I have been, like, super low on have also, like, not panned out at all. I love being right. I love being right. Listen, you hire a good head coach, I'm going to, like, I'm going to back him up. I don't like saying that this guy, this coordinator, this person sucks. I don't like saying that. I don't. But at the exact same time, I will if this guy sucks. I don't know what you want. If people suck, I'm going to tell you that they suck. The majority of the head coaches that got hired suck. They have not proven anything. They have not proven me wrong. Show me that a guy doesn't suck, and I will defend him. I, I just, I don't get it. But continuing forward, right? So a lot of that, some of it was, was, um, was static, right? Some of it's written in stone, unchangeable, right? Some of the hires, like Dan Campbell, I can't like like the, he's he's the head coach. Some of it isn't static, right? Some of it's kind of moving on. Some of it's like some of it's like, hey, you know, we're we're thinking about interviewing these guys and da 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 da. da. But then. Some of it is also concrete. I'm kind of talking myself in circles. Essentially, it's just like some stuff is up in the air. Some stuff isn't. But now, right, for some weird reason, a lot of head coaches got hired today. Last couple of days, a lot of GMs got hired, right? Bears hired their GM, hired their head coach. Vikings hired their GM, on to find their head coach. Broncos, they didn't have to hire a GM because they already had a GM, but now they hired their head coach. How did these teams do? And most importantly, because I watched all of their press conferences and we're going to get into some of them. What do I think of these people? Now, don't have Matt Eberflus. Reason why I don't have Matt Eberflus is because they didn't have a press conference for him today. They'll probably have it for him tomorrow. I will watch it like I have watched everything else. But they had... The GM for the Giants, Joe Shion, or whatever his name is, on they had the Vikings um, GM. I cannot say his name. I think it's Quasi, Quezi, Kawase. I I I like have heard his name like eight times, and I still have no idea how to pronounce it. <coughs> Excuse me, Quezi Min, uh, Minsa. What what is his name? It has a hyphen in it as well. I don't know how to say his name. And then who else, who else, had, like what else happened? Oh yeah, it was just the Vikings GM. It was the Giants GM. And I got a couple stuff here, right? Got some stuff for you. Got some clips. Now, let me kind of get all my ducks in a row here. 
Okay, so... Do I need this? Hold on. Yeah, I can. I can play some of this. This is like the Giants GM and stuff like that. So, but before I get on the Giants GM, let me talk about the Vikings GM. Okay, let me let me be positive. I've been I've been negative for like the last twenty minutes, and I also have to use the bathroom again. So I was watching. You know, I first and foremost, I. I looked at this guy's first and last name and middle name and with a hyphen in it. And I was just like, I don't know how to say his first middle name, hyphenated name. I don't know how to say any of this stuff. But I, you know, I, I said, I was just like, let me, like, let me give this guy a shot. You know, it's important to give a guy a shot before you judge him. Right. So I gave this guy a shot, looked at his press conference, looked at his one-on-one with the team media. He's got a lot of work to do. He's got, you know, to put what he is saying, what he is, you know, what he is hoping for. Like, he's got to actually execute. But let me tell you something right now. I like the GM of the Vikings, the new GM. Let me figure out what the hell his name is. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Quasi Adafo Mensa. Okay. It, 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 like his name is so it's it has it's K W E S I. Quasi Adafo Mensa. It's like I don't know how to say that. Okay. So Quasi sounds like crazy. <laughs> I just realized his name. Sorry. Um, but Quasi Adafo Mensa is the new GM for the Minnesota Vikings, okay? In this interview, I'm like, there's multiple interviews, there's multiple clippets, snippets here. In this interview, and in a lot of interviews, he talks about his philosophy, he talks about, you know, uh, analytics. People constantly asked him about analytics, and I was just like, why are we asking him about analytics? And I was just like, I don't really care that much about analytics his perception of analytics, because it's not really, I mean, unless he does things like in um, free agency and the draft and stuff like that, then it's just like, okay, sure, fine, but play calling, like, like, I feel like people asked him way too many questions about analytics without actually getting into what analytics we're talking about and which, and how they're going to be applied to what he does, because it's not like he's actually going to be on the field, like, deciding the analytics or whatever of the football team, but that's just my opinion on it. So I was like screaming at my television. Shout out to the team reporter for the Vikings, Tatum. Channing all over you, Tatum. <laughs> Great song, by the way. Chanting all over you. It's a, uh, I, it's, all right, sorry. But um, <clears throat> Tatum Everett the team reporter asked a really, really awesome question. And I was like screaming at my television or technically at my computer monitor. I was just like, ask him about head coach, ask him about head coach. By the way, nobody asked him about Kirk cousins. I was just like, why is nobody asking him about Kirk cousins? But I was just like, ask him about, you know, the head coach. She asked, she actually asked like two back-to-back questions. And I was like, Oh, this is useful. 
Usually people ask zero. So here is Kwesi Adafo Mensah talking about, got to say his full name so that way I, I remember it, talking about what is needed to win championships. Pressure to the ego is something that's really important. So what do you think the Vikings need to do to bring home a championship? Yeah, and look, the Vikings have a really good roster. You know, you start going through these interviews, you know, you, you put together your little plan, and it's, uh, it's probably the funnest thing, that, uh, part of this job. And you look, and it's a really good football situation. Championship teams have a threshold of talent and then a culture, also schemes that are really complementary and that, you know, kind of show the interconnectedness of football. And you see that on this team, right? And so football is one of those sports where, look, an eight and, an eight and nine team now can, you know, can be a 13 and four team and it's a couple bounces, mm -hmm. but it's a couple bounces every game. And how do you systematically go find those couple of bounces? And, and that's your roster and that's scheme and that's game management and that's all those things. That's what really excites me about this opportunity. And, you know, I look forward to having all that come to fruition. So a little bit of backstory about Kwesi Adafo Mensa, right? This guy, his LinkedIn page must be stacked. He has like, I don't know what his education is, but he has like Princeton and like Stanford on his resume. He like worked in Wall Street or whatever. I'm just like, how does this guy like, how, like, how did he get to the NFL? He worked with some great front offices, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, went on to quietly one of the better front offices in the NFL in Cleveland with Andrew Barry, right? Andrew Barry, you know, got J.C. Treader, the two guards, Jedrick Wills, uh, Nick, Big Chubb, obviously Nick Chubb, <clears throat> Chubb Hub, as some Cleveland Browns fans would refer to him as. Like, the Browns, the 49ers, great front offices. It was kind of one of those guys within both organizations, Princeton, Stanford, super smart dude. I'm like, hmm, that's one of the first things that you notice, super smart dude. Usually when I'm evaluating a GM in these press conferences, are garbage, okay, for the most part. For the most part, they're garbage. Uh, questions that get asked are bad and poorly worded and, you know, there's no lead-up or follow-up to it. And, like, people just don't know how to ask good questions. I found that there was enough good questions to actually take something away from them. But um, about this guy, Quasi, he's an interesting figure. Where did the Vikings draft again? The draft is going to be very, very important because he comes from a franchise that actually draft two franchises that kind of draft pretty well. By the way, who is the guy that I wouldn't shut up about for like a day and a half last year in the draft? JOK, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. He was like the guy, right, that I would not, for the love of Christ, shut up about. He went to the Cleveland Browns. He was like my top tier guy. As well as like Greg Newsom as well, who was like another corner. Where are the Vikings drafting? Oh yeah, and Christian Derrishaw went to the Vikings last year. Where they're drafting twelfth overall, literally exactly where they're dra where they drafted last year, I think. There's like a lot of guys that they can take: Demarvin Leo, Chris Olave, if they wanted to add more wide receiver help, depending on what they want to do. If they want to add another offensive lineman, Tyler Linderbaum is there. 
there's like a lot of I mean it's 12 so there's a lot of great pickups for them as the Vikings hmm. okay okay continuing forward let's talk about the head coaching candidates the next step for you towards that goal is obviously hiring a head coach. So what are you looking for in the next Minnesota Vikings head coach? You know, first and foremost, it's going to be a collaborative process. Um, I will work, you know, hand in hand with the Wills, Andrew Miller, Rob. We've got a great team here. Um, but, you know, me personally, I do think some things are kind of critical, core values that you need, you know, leadership. I think that word gets thrown around a lot, but, you know, to me, it's just, how do you get the collective to put aside the individual for the sake of the whole and really motivate people that football is it's long. They, they come in August and they stay and it's days of drills. And how do you get people to embrace those tasks and grow every day and grow and keep working towards that common goal? Um, vision, really understanding and, and knowing what you want to be on the field. Um, you know, ability to communicate with different people. You know, there's so many back, different backgrounds on a football team. Really being able to relate and be authentic to people, right? I think you got to be able to get through to people in an authentic way. Uh, not really withstand the ups and downs of the NFL season. Like you said, there's going to be close losses, tough moments. How do you respond to them? Are you accountable about mistakes? Are you always looking elsewhere? Um, these are things that I think are critical. And then obviously, yeah, just that sound football philosophy really understanding how interconnected football is on the field, in the front office, and really, you know, coming up with a plan along with me and, and, and making that happen. Yeah. He said a lot of great stuff there. He started it off kind of like where I'm, he started it off in a very, very like, kind of like cliche note, but then he, he kind of, you know, he, he said things that I like, right? Sometimes I'm very direct. I say things like, what is your offensive philosophy and stuff like that? But Kwesi kind of, he silently kind of alluded to it, right? He said, you know, how well as a candidate do you understand how interconnected football is? And I was just like, yeah, it's not all defense, it's not all offense, it's not all special teams. It's a it's a collaboration. Talked about collaborating on things with Kwesi, and we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. God, I got to pee again. I drank like a cup of tea, a large cup of tea, and I'm drinking water. So I, I, I have a very, I, I have the, like the bladder of like a pregnant woman right now. It's just I, I got to pee all the time. But um, he said a lot of things that I liked. Didn't like how it started off, but liked how it finished. Collaborative, philosophical, interconnected way to go about football. And I was just like, yeah, that's. That makes sense, right? Makes a lot of sense for head coaching candidates, right? I told I I told you I like this guy for a reason. Told you I like this guy for a reason. Okay. Continuing forward, what's the uh, the next one I got for you? Uh oh, easily. Oh, she Tatum. Great job on this next question because she asked him, "What is the type of team?" that he wants to see. And let's see how he answers this question. And making that happen. Yeah, at the end of the day, you are a football fan and you love to see that. What kind of team would you want to see out there? You know, it's there's a lot of different ways to do it. Football is one of those sports where you want to be explosive on offense and you want to limit explosives on defense. It's really not more um, difficult than that. There's a lot of ways to get there. Um, I've been on teams that 
you know, I've been on Kyle Shanahan teams where they do it a certain way. And, you know, I've been on teams before that with Coach Harbaugh who do it a certain way. And I think there's a lot of, you know, different ways. But again, I think those core themes are what you want to focus on. And within that, I don't want to be more specific because that really does depend on the coach. And a lot of that's their vision. That's right. I mean, isn't that like, all? it's not verbatim what I've said, but it's explosive on offense and minimize how explosive the opposition's offense is on defense. Perfect. It's a, it's perfect. It's absolutely, I'm not saying he's going to win like 11 games next year. I'm just saying a lot of what he's saying makes a lot of sense. And speaking of a lot of sense, dear God, I have to use the bathroom again. I, hold on. I will, goodness gracious, I will be back in a couple of minutes. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I have to pee so badly again. Please welcome Dick. Hold on. I'm getting like, it's the same. What's his name? Uh, what's well, who's that guy? Corden, James Corden commercial. It's a Gucci commercial with Dakota Johnson. And they're like, they're, they're essentially on a talk show set. And he it, like, it's just, it's just like his TV show, except as an ad. It's just like, okay, whatever. Anyways, once again, Come on it! Lady Ray. Don't know what's going on. I really had to be for like, I don't know, like 20 minutes. Anyways, we were going into the discussion about Kwesi um, Adofo, Adofo. I don't know how to say his, how do you say his name? Help me out. Help me out, Tatum. Channing all over you, Tate. Help me out, Tatum. How do you say his last name? Welcome inside TCO Studios for this exciting day as we introduce the newest general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. 
Sorry about that. I'm like, I don't know how to say his name. Great job by Kwesi. I'm I'm very interested to see his plan, right? Very interested to see him actually execute on that plan. I'm like, because it's, you know, it's all nice when it comes to the lip service, but I'm interested to see one of the better hires, I think, of the hiring cycle. I'll say that. I'm like, yeah, I like it. It's kind of listening on some of this other stuff, right, that I got for you about Kwesi. Because one of the things that has kind of come out over the last couple of days with Joe Shane or Joe, I some of these guys, man, and their last name, I've never seen these last names before, ever. Ever. It's like Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and then Joe Shane or Swain. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. But essentially it got reported about a day ago that Joe Swain, the new GM for the New York Giants, he is not in control over whether or not he gets to select the head coach and whether or not Daniel Jones gets to stay. All that good stuff. We'll cover that after... Quasi Adolfo Mensa. We'll cover it. No, we'll cover it. But let's, but I just wanted to put that out there, right? That there is a lot of conversation over whether or not a GM will have control and how much control. Here is nice little response by Quasi about a head coach. Hi, Quasi. Chris Thomas from St. Paul Pioneer Press. Welcome to Minnesota. Thank you. Uh, might as well jump right in with the coaching search. Um, eight candidates have been virtually interviewed so far. Heck, it's going to Denver, so it's down to seven. You think the coach comes from one of those seven? Will the field be expanded? How are you looking at the coaching search? And then what's your timetable to hopefully name a head coach? Sure. Um, we've had some initial discussions, as I mentioned in my opening remarks. Um, you know, we know that what we want to want to find. We want leadership. You know, we want somebody who's going to bring the the rally the collective over the individual. We want somebody who's got vision, who can communicate, who's got a solid football foundation, who understands how football's interconnected and what that means. So that's been our focus in these last. Uh, again, again, it's it's similar to the response that he gave to Tatum. Tate the Tatum interview was. A one-on-one with Quasey. This is more. This is open to the entirety of the Minnesota media, right? He's given a very similar response. Two days, really honing in on what we want in terms of specific names. We're going to meet after this. Uh, after I get done. The similarity, by the way, means that yes, it's a prepared statement. It's not as organic, but it doesn't make it any less factual or any less important. That he is saying, yeah, football's interconnected and I want to get somebody who understands that. Doesn't make it any less important that it's not as organic, by the way. You, you great people. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that further. Jim Suhan, Star Tribune. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the Wolves have talked a lot about collaboration. You're, you're new to the building. How do you see that playing out? Do you, do you think the decision for the coach is made by consensus? Or do you make the decision and bring it to them? I mean, if you know me, whether I say I make the decision or not, it's, it's going to be a collaborative process. I'm always about different viewpoints, different uh, ideas, you know, not to be all algorithms or life, but you find that the best decision-making engines combine information that isn't related to each other, but related to the thing you're trying to find. So what it's really saying is you want information that ha- covers the blind spots of the other things, right? So 
I've core, that's a core belief of mine, and so any decision-making room I'm in, I'm always seeking the other opinion, trying to put everything to get, get together, sorry, and then come out on the other end. So, if you don't know kind of the history of the Vikings as it pertains to their former GM, I think his name is Rick Spielman, he had full control over the 52-man roster and not Mike Zimmer, which to me makes no sense to put the GM in front of the in, – in main control over the 52 and not the head coach. So – that's why a lot of media members are like, like, hey, like, how like, are you are you gonna control the? F-? I think he even says like, yeah, this is the next question that I got for you. The next question is whether or not he will control the fifty two, and I kind of spoiled it for you, and here it is. Pushing me in that way, so that's what makes me think I'll I'll be fine in that role. Uh, Quasi Ben Gessling from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Welcome to Minnesota. Uh, Rick Spielman, of course, had full control over the fifty three man roster when he was here in the past. Will you have those same? Um, the same level of control uh, as part of your contract or as part of your responsibility in Minnesota. Hold on, I just got an ad. <clears throat> it's like a five-second ad. I get to skip it. Hold on. Okay, here we go. And I respect where that question's coming from. Um, you know, I always say that with a coach, a coach that I would work with, I would work for, if that makes sense. It's somebody that, uh, that I would want to partner with I wouldn't care about that distinction because they understand enough per- about personnel and about living in today and living in tomorrow that, you know, it would make us a great partnership. So, you know, I, I guess I know what those the specifics of my contract say, but I don't really think it matters to, to speak in this, this form. So, again, talking about the collaboration, talking about, you know, hey, and, and this is something that I think is important to understand, right? A lot of teams have a lot of different ways to do things, right? A lot of teams don't work in collaborations. GMs get whoever they want, right? Listen, if you draft a guy, if you bring in a guy that a head coach doesn't want, you're setting your team up for failure, not success. And again, it's going to be interesting over the next two, it's almost February, really, two months. It's going to be interesting to see Kwesi's philosophy kind of work, right? Or not work. Just like, does is this a collaboration? Is this, because it's nice to say, but it, in practicality, it's just like, does he actually, can he actually execute on the things that he is saying right now? I don't know. But he is saying a lot of good stuff. Here's some more good stuff that Kwesi, God, I cannot say it. I know his last name is Mensa, but he, his last name has a hyphen in it. I, I don't know what it is. Because Mike Max, WCCO, you know, you talk about talking to the players. You got a lot of veterans on this team with, with uh, a lot of opinions. Sure. Do you ask them what they want to see in a coach, or do you hire a coach and say, "This is what the coach looks like, gentlemen, get in line." No, you, when you get to a culture, you want to first see what it is, and see what people think, and see where they want to grow. So, again, right when I get off with you guys, uh, that's the first thing I'm gonna do is go talk to the leadership council and see what they have to say. Again, I'm a consensus builder. I love information. So nothing they say is going to shock me or, or, you know, or, or be anything negative. I want to take it into consideration. Um, we have, again, general thoughts and what we want. But hearing from players is not going to hurt that, and, and I look forward to having that dialogue with them. Um, I- and that's another nice little soundbite from Kwesi Adafo Minsa. Just freaking nails it. Nailed it. Nailed the interview. So that's Quasi liberated, 
talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, talking about a whole bunch of good stuff and absolutely nailing it. Nailing everything that he it's kind of like, you know, that he's kind of been set out to do and to say. I'm like, hmm. pretty refreshing. Anyways, let's talk about the Giants GM now. Ooh la la. Ooh la la ah wee wee or something like that, whatever the run the uh, the jewel song is. So yesterday, or actually this came out today. I was watching Boomer Eisen's show, Boomer and Geo. It's like a New York radio show that they broadcast out of New York. I, I was interested in watching it, right? I was interested in watching it because these are New York guys. These are New York media guys. I was watching the New York media ask questions today. Yikes. Yikes, it was bad. Just like they, they it was like watching eight to ten people like give out a colonoscopy. It was just like, holy shit. It was so, it was like so fucking invasive, dude. It was just like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe how invasive some of these questions are. I was like, guys, like, like maybe you want to tone it down a little bit. But Boomer Eisen and his partner, Gio, were talking about Joe Shion's hiring, right? And specifically and especially why he was hired in uh, to begin with. And they have... A lot of speculation on the matter. Let me play you one clip of it. To be asked to do. Well, I'm, so I want to ask you about the Daniel Jones thing, because this is something we talked about with the Pat Shermer, Dave Gettleman error, is we felt like John Mara told them Eli is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, it feels a lot that way. Now, you think the same thing's going on here? 100%. But, all right, so if Joe Shane goes through his pre-draft evaluations of everybody, and falls in love with a quarterback and it, with one of the first two first round hey, picks that they have top they 10 picks. Ta- they have. They'll, they'll take them. Okay. I don't know if they'll take them, but a lot of stuff there, right? First and foremost, we'll get into, we'll get into his press conference here and we'll, we'll listen to what he, what he kind of has to say by, you know, because again, the New York media essentially gave him a colonoscopy. We'll listen in. We'll listen in. We'll discuss it. But the Maras, right, we went over, I think, John Maras' press conference about a week ago, right, where he essentially was like, my brother, you know, my brother is just like a scout like anybody else. But everybody goes to him for advice and for for um, for his input or whatever on the team or whatever. Um, and, and I was just like, yeah, because your, your freaking name is on the building, dude. Like, have some self-freaking, you know, some introspective or some introspection, excuse me. But already, the Giants and their meddling selves, sounds like it is, probably because it is, once again are like, you know what? You can't head coach the team. Pat Shermer, you, you gotta, it's a package deal. You want the Giants? You also got to want Eli. Eli. McAdoo was like, I don't want Eli. John Mara's like, you better because he's, he's a, we're essentially a package deal. You better get Eli. You better like Eli a lot because Eli is with the football team in New York City. And then they kind of point out something interesting that happened during the press conference, specifically whether or not he has full autonomy over the football team. We'll kind of get into an actual quote by him. 
But let me uh, let me first play you this quote from Boomer and Geo. Another issue I had that I brought up was it was the ESPN uh, Giants beat reporter Jordan Rannon asked the question about do you have full autonomy over the hiring of the coach? And Joe Shane essentially said no. He goes, this is a collaborative effort. He goes, because there are some reports out there that you guys think that there's you got two different thoughts. And he goes, you know, if I've got one thought, you know, the, the owners have another thought, you know, we'll work it out and try to find the best guy. But, I mean. So, just so you know, here's a 42-year-old guy. He's been an assistant. He's been a lifer in the NFL. And uh, he has an opportunity to become the general manager of the New York Giants. You will take the middle seat in the back row of the plane. You will fly on the wing. You will get here. And you will try to impress your new bosses. And you will tell them exactly what they want to hear in Right. We're essentially just going to do it's it's like uh, what is it? It's like being it's like wanting to coach the Cowboys. Right. Where it's just like you got to You got to freaking you got to freaking, you know, do whatever it takes. You got to get on Jerry's good side. You got to you know, like it's all about pleasing the boss. Unfortunately, instead of winning, it's all about pleasing the boss, which is unbelievably frustrating anyways let's get into Joshian's Joshian's I don't know how to say it's S H it's S C H O E N how do you say that I don't know how to say that Joshian's thing I don't know what it is his freaking press conference. I have it pulled up. And I literally have two quotes for you today. And then I'm going to absolutely rip the Giants a new one for hiring Matt Eberflus today. And I'm I'm going to start off with the Packers. Then I'm going to go into the Giants. Not the Giants, excuse me. I'm going to rip into the Bears. And then I'll freaking go to sleep. And hopefully my voice isn't absolutely completely destroyed by the end of, uh, of this podcast here. Here's Joe Shion's. I just heard his name. I like like do you know his name? Joe Shions? I think it is Shion. That doesn't make any sense. The O comes before the E. It should be Joe Shone. Shone? I don't know. I give up. Here he is talking about Daniel Jones. And I think this is actually the question related to whether or not he actually has full autonomy to make a decision about Daniel Jones. On film. Is this could you talk about I can't hear I can't hear anything. Hold on. My, like, heater is going on. Shut up. It's like it's it's so freaking cold now. I actually have to, like, it gets, like, 50 degrees now. I actually have to, like, have some type of internal heating on. Otherwise, I'd wake up shivering in a 50-degree room. It's ridiculous how cold it gets. <clears throat> It gets in here, I guess. I don't know. Anyways. Where's the press conference? And and my heater is still off. Regardless, here we go. Seeing Daniel, is this a guy you believe you could proceed with? Yeah, I've looked at Daniel. And, you know, once the new staff gets in here, we're going to get together, offense coordinator, head coach, the entire staff, dive into the film as a group and look at what Daniel does best. And we're going to try to, you know, allow him to put his best foot forward. So, again, I've looked at him. 
I, I know there's been, you know, I wasn't here in the past, so I don't exactly know, you know, what he was told to do. But I do know this. I know he's a great kid. He's been in this building the last two days. I've, I've talked to him. There's not anybody in this building that has said a bad word about his work ethic, passion, you know, desire to win. And I think you've got to have those traits as a quarterback. And the kid has physical ability. You know, he's got arm strength. He's athletic. He can run. So I'm really, getting, I'm really excited to work with Daniel. And, again, when the new staff gets in here, we'll build an offense around Daniel to accentuate what he does best. I wish that um, the media that just gave Joe Ion a colonoscopy would actually ask, hey, uh, Joe, what happens if another awesome quarterback kind of, you know, comes your way and things of that nature? What happens if, like, for example, um, Aaron Rodgers kind of becomes available? I wish that they had asked him that question versus, you know, maybe not that question, but, like, a follow-up question to that question, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Now, <clears throat> does that sound kind of like, uh, like John Mara? Let me go back. John Mara came into the NFL, right? John Mara... Or not John Mara. John Mara said he didn't came into the NFL. Of course he he's here. But John Mara, sorry, talked about I think this week or last week how they are not making a trade for Deshaun Watson. And you're just like Time out here. Um, shouldn't that be a decision left up to your GM and not necessarily you? Like people were kind of looking at him sideways. People were kind of looking at him. A little bit, uh, you know, a little bit sideways, I guess. All right. And so kind of like here we are once again where you're like, shouldn't you guys like, I don't know, discuss maybe potentially having a another quarterback quarterback for you guys if you guys aren't a very good football team? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm starting to lose my voice. My throat hurts so much we can make it if we darling we can make it if we try sorry um but no joe shayan uh, he's apparently invested in daniel jones fully why i don't understand it he's done nothing i listen i was the daniel jones guy until last year i was just like please do something please do something dear god do something and then he didn't do anything and i was just like um fuck i gotta throw you down a river. I, I, I cannot, I cannot keep you if you're going to impede somebody else's progress. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Except bye-bye. Anyways, <sighs> continuing forward with his interview. And this is a head coaching question, right? Cause he is the GM. Let's see what he says about his head coach. And we're going to build the foundation as soon as we can. My second question, thanks for taking two, is um, do you have full autonomy to make this coaching higher? Because, like, there's been reports you and ownership prefer different candidates. We know, obviously, after you interviewed, but before you took the job, there were calls made to certain candidates to reach out and make sure people would interview. Obviously, it's a process, but do you have full autonomy, ultimately, to make the hire? Yeah, it's a good question too. Ultimately, it's going to be it's going to be a collaborative effort between John, Steve, myself. We're going to come together. We're going to talk about the candidates. If we're if we're different in certain areas, we'll continue to do our research. We'll continue to make our calls. 
but ultimately it's going to be a collaborative effort between ownership and myself. It's going to be a collaborative effort. And some people would be like, isn't it hypocritical? You like, um, I, I just forgot his name. Quezzy? Quezzi? I don't know. Que I don't know how to say his first and last name. I forgot again. I'm going to need to say his, fr uh, Mensa. Mensa, the new GM for the Vikings. You're like 24. Like, isn't it weird? That, isn't it a little bit hypocritical of you saying like, like you think that it's a little bit weird for, for Joe Shion uh, to be in a collaborative effort about the selection of his head coach when you didn't have a problem when um, Kwesi or Mensa uh, said that it was going to be a, a collaborative effort. Here's the thing. Here's the importance, right? Here's the important thing. It should be a collaborative effort. Or more specifically, it really should be left up to the GM, not necessarily a collaborative effort. It really should be up to him, and it should be his final say-so, in my opinion. Regardless of whatever GM says, regardless of the philosophy, I'm like, the GM should, I mean, the GM should, you know, make sure, I mean, not make sure is the best way to describe it, but he should give the owner a heads up. But it's, that's why you hire a GM, you know, to do these things, to hire other people. You hire people to do jobs. One of his jobs is to hire people. So in my opinion, I'm like, Quezzi, Quezzi, I, I don't know how to say his first and last name. Quezai and Joe Shion should have the first and last pick. Or not the first and last last pick, excuse me. But they should have the full autonomy for head coaching decisions and player decisions. They're, one of their owners believe that that should you know be the case. Other people shouldn't, I guess. I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> We'll talk about one more thing. Quezzi? Quezzi? I don't know. I, I was going to say Quasi is his name. It was Quazy. There we go. I was like, it sounds like crazy. It's Quazy. There we go. God, his name is so hard to say. Let's talk about the hires. I know we've talked about the hires for like a little bit over an hour. We will continue to talk about hires probably for the next two to three weeks because that's just kind of how the NFL has been working. But yeah, there were some hires that went on today, right? Matt, uh, not Matt LaFleur. What's his fucking name? Matt Eberflus got hired today by the Chicago Bears. I'm going to end on that because that's going to destroy my voice because I'm going to scream. Matt Eberflus got hired today along with Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers' offensive coordinator. Let's start there. Denver hired Nathaniel Hackett. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Let me stand up. Hate it! Why do I hate it? Um, Simply put, better candidates are available for the Denver Broncos, and they selected the worst or one of the worst offensive candidates in the NFL. It's Matt LaFleur's offense. It's Matt LaFleur's scheme. Packers will be all right without Nathaniel Hackett. It's not It's not Nathaniel Hackett's scheme that they're running down there in Green Bay. Okay? Number one. Number two. With Nathaniel Hackett's hiring in Denver. Okay? I'll take an offensive coordinator over a defensive coordinator every single day. But what does he do well? 
What does he do well? His press conference will be tomorrow. I will be looking into it. I will be looking at it. But it's just like, you know what? Let's just say, let's just say what Green Bay does is Nathaniel Hackett. Let's just say that's, that is his scheme. Let's just say that. I don't like it. And I said I didn't like Matt LaFleur's scheme for years, okay? Didn't like it. Still haven't liked it. Don't like it today, okay? So if you're telling me a guy's scheme that I don't like is now supposed to be the scheme of the freaking Denver Broncos, I don't like it at all, okay? I think the Packers offense is overrated. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. And if it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's Devontae Adams. I've repeated that notion multiple times. I'm like, listen, their offense is predicated off of how talented they are as an offense. It is, hey, Aaron, if uh, if you don't make this awesome throw and if Devontae Adams doesn't get this separation at the top of his ha- route, we are screwed. Like, you can obviously see that in the Green Bay game against the Niners. You can see that essentially in every single game where it's just like, oh, yeah. Like, there was a couple of times last year where I was just like, oh, yeah, red zone-wise, the scheme takes over. But inside inside the 20s, or excuse me, outside the 20s, I got problems. I got problems with Green Bay. And I got a lot of problems with Denver taking Nathaniel Hackett over Eric Bieniemy or Brian Leftwich. But, hey, at least they didn't freaking do what the Chicago Bears did tonight. This is where I'm gonna, I gotta take a swing because I'm gonna be pissed off. I know I am. And I gotta pee again. Let me let me tell you something. Hey, this is why I'm not a Chicago Bears fan. And this is terrible ownership 101. This is the terribleness of the freaking McCaskies, the owners of the Chicago Bears 101. Okay, what do we have here? We have Brian Leftwich. We have Eric Bieniemy, two offensive coordinators of two awesome football teams. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, going to his fourth consecutive conference championship, the AFC title game. Potentially going to his third Super Bowl if he wins on Sunday, okay? In three years, third Super Bowl, three years, Super Bowl champ, 2019 regular season. Then you got on the flip side of that coin, the only guy to beat his team in the playoffs last two years, Brian Leftwich, offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, has had two of his best seasons with Brian Leftwich, and you want to get on the horn and you want to tell me this guy isn't something special? This guy shouldn't be. A head coach, he shouldn't even get a job interview. Some of these guys can't even get job interviews. They didn't. They they, they went out and they got Matt Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus. I don't get it. You know, it really irks me. Matt Eberflus. I said he's the one guy that you shouldn't get, and everybody's been hyping him up. Everybody's like, "Look at Matt Eberflus! Look at Matt And it's just like, let's take it a step back. Let's rewind. Matt Eberflus, the same Matt Eberflus, that lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the final week of the season. His team got absolutely dominated by Jacksonville's offensive line and defensive line. The same Jacksonville Jaguars that were going up against two of the best players at their respective positions in the NFL and Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. 
The same Jacksonville Jaguars who had played like absolute horse manure for the entirety of the season that are one of the worst, excuse me, they are the worst team. They're drafting number one overall. They are the worst team in the NFL. You lost to them final week of the season. The importance of that game is that that game would have put them in the playoffs. Lost the final two games. A lot of it was on the defense. And the offense. They, they dish, the Colts didn't play well at all. Final two games of the regular season. Lost. Jacksonville lost. Bears are like, we want that guy. We want the guy that loses important games. We don't want guys that win Super Bowls. Why would we? Let's reminisce about the 85 Bears once again. It's like the remember berries in South Park. It's just like, ah, oh, remember the remember the 85 members? Yeah, I remember. Just like, what? Just like, bro, this is that you guys are being way too nostalgic. It is three years to the anniversary. Three years of the 85 Bears. Last Super Bowl appearance, last Super Bowl. No, the last Super Bowl appearance was like in the early 2000s. Nobody remembers that because nobody cares. Last Super Bowl victory, 85 Bears. Nobody cares. I don't care. And you want to you want to tell me? You want to tell me? Sorry about that. You want to tell me that for some weird reason you're going out, you're getting another defensive coordinator, another one. Not an offensive coordinator. Oh no, we we tried that with Matt Nagy. You know what's funny about Matt Nagy? You know what's funny? Nobody knew who Tyreek Hill was or Travis Kelsey until Eric Bieniemy showed up. They were on the team when Matt Nagy was on the team. Nobody knew who that guy was, who those guys were. Now they're two of the best players in the NFL. Not to say that they wouldn't be without Eric Bieniemy. I think they're great players, but it's funny how nobody knew who they were before Eric Bieniemy got there. It's funny how, like, The Kansas City Chiefs were one of the worst franchises in the NFL before Eric Bieniemy got there. And Andy Reid, by the way. It's funny how, like, Kansas City was essentially this team, this joke in the playoffs. They always choked in the playoffs. They never would win. You could count on them to essentially lose. All that good stuff. It's funny how that was the narrative on Kansas City. But then, when Eric Bieniemy gets there, it's just like, oh. We're winning playoff games. When Patrick Mahomes get, oh, we're winning playoff games. It's funny how that works, isn't it? It's funny. It's funny. Man, like, what are what are Chicago Bears people saying? I want to see this. Let me sit down now. What are they saying? What are the fine folks at Hallis Hall say? I can't wait to tune in live. From Hallis Hall! I can't wait to tune in live. Can't wait tomorrow. I mean, Christmas will come early for me. Is any Chicago? Here we go. Mm, mm, mm. Let me listen to this. It looks like some Bears media people are going to talk about this. Why did they hire Matt Eberflus very quickly? Hold on. Here we go. Oh, wait, wait. Is who who is this guy? I don't know who this guy is. This is this looks like some media. This this looks like some local news. 
I want to see what the local news has to say. Let's let's listen in on the local news. Today, the Bears reportedly landing on Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as the Bears' new head coach. Let's get some more insight on this pick. NBC Sports Chicago Bears insider Adam Hogue joining us this afternoon. Adam, always good to see you. And of course, the Bears certainly didn't wait very long after they just hired a GM two days ago. So why do you think they went with Eberflus so quickly? Yeah, this process certainly moved fast. Ryan Poles taking over the GM job and hiring a head coach before he even went back to Kansas City to move his stuff here. Uh, it uh, unfolded pretty fast. And I think it ultimately came down to Matt Eberflus and Dan Quinn the former Atlanta Falcons head coach, who had more experience as a head coach, but both candidates, 51 years old, both candidates have been in the league for a really long time. And Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis, uh, is just really highly respected. Everyone you talk to feels like he's going to be a good leader as a head coach and be able to, uh, you know, put guide the Bears in the right direction from a philosophy, culture standpoint, and all those things you look for as a head coach. Of course, Anytime you do this with a first-timer, you don't really know until they get out there and they have to do it in the games and make the right calls. So we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. There's a lot of that wait and see. And, I mean, Adam, you've been doing this a long time. A lot of Bears fans, of course, are going to bemoan the fact that the team didn't go with someone with more of an offensive mind, especially when we're talking about a young quarterback, Justin Fields, with a lot of potential there. They're hitting every single point that, I'm, that I was about to make. Hey, why did hold on, I gotta talk about this? Why did you not get somebody for Justin Fields? Let's listen in. Pressures is put on on Eberflus and Poles as well to find the right offensive coordinator now. Yeah, frankly, it's a fair criticism. I, I, by going down this defensive road, it puts a lot of pressure, as you say, on getting the higher right for offensive coordinators. What I'm digging into right now, quite frankly, some of the candidates that you you might see, and I wonder if they would potentially go after. Uh, somebody like Mike Kafka, who is currently the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator in Kansas City, where Ryan Poles just came from, um, and has ties to the current offense that Justin Fields just went through in his first year as Bears quarterback. So that could limit the change a little bit. Um, it, regardless of who Matt Eberflus goes after, it has to be somebody that fits with Justin Fields because the last thing you want happening is to consistently have a revolving door at offensive yeah. coordinator because that means then the quarterback has to learn a new offense every season. And one thing is sure they are putting the gas down on this. They're moving quickly, making a lot of decisions. Adam Hogue, always appreciate you coming to talk. So. The media doesn't get it. Media, local media does. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the hire. I don't get the hire. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. It's like they want to lose. I like, they're like, you know what? Let's hire another, another defensive coordinator. Right. And the reason why, <clears throat> reason why I'm so irked on them picking Matt Eberflus over anyone else is because I'm like, like I've said it for like the last, like last, for like the last freaking, like last month. I've been talking about it. I've been saying, saying it for like the last month and a half. It's just like, 
Like what? 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 What league are we in? We're in the NFL. What's the focus of the NFL? What's the most important position in the NFL? It's a quarterback position. What's the most? What's the side of the football that he plays? He plays offense. He plays on the offense. What's the most important thing for a quarterback when it comes to a coach? It comes to like you have to have somebody who knows how important the offense and the quarterback is to the football team. It's like it's just that simple, and it's like I look at I look at the Bears, and it's just like they hired Matt Nagy. They were like, "Oh, we hired two offensive coordinators consecutively." You hired the Madley, by the way, McCaskies. But when we have a chance to get Super Bowl winners at offensive coordinator that are proven, we don't want them. We'll get the DC. What? Blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind at how stupid the McCaskies. It does, you know, it doesn't blow my mind that the McCaskies are stupid, but just how incredibly stupid they are. It's just like you finally got what you wanted. You got yourself a quarterback. He's got the talent. He's got to get some development. But it's just like, here we go. Here we go. Just, I mean, just the stupidest people running some of the most important things in your and my life. The Bears. I, I just, I, 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 I don't understand it. I just, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't, ah, ah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Sorry. Like, I'm, I'm slowly losing my mind here. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Oh, my God. It's like, I just, I, I don't fucking understand it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, it's it's just like, you know, you, you can, like, as, like I, 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 my brain is breaking. That's what's going on. My brain is breaking. Holy shit, I, I cannot believe how fucking stupid some of this stuff is. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my god, I like, I just, oh my god, it just, oh jeez, I, I, oh my god, I, I'm, I'm just, oh my God. <clears throat> oh my God. So I'm so, I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. Well, congratulations to the Bears, and, um, you know, there are three years of terrible, terribleness that they're about to endure. I cannot wait to get a front row seat. I will pop some very, very delicious popcorn. I'm very excited, very excited to uh, to watch the freaking Chicago Bears suck once again for the... 
what is it, 37th year in a row? Just sucking all over the place, just sucking. Sucking like a vacuum cleaner, just sucking. I, dear God, can not wait. Anyways, I'm peacing out. <clears throat> I'll see you tomorrow. We got a championship weekend, NFC and AFC. AFC, excuse me. Cannot wait. Very excited. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Among, uh, what else was there? Oh my God. Let me, let me, oh my God. I almost passed on this. Let me talk about this. I'm about to end. I was about to end. But then, you know, I get, I get something as juicy, as delectable, as nutritious as this. Let me, let me talk to you about something here. Okay. So. Once again, I'm on Twitter, right? And I get this, you know, I get this tweet, right? So on my hiatus, on my hiatus, I get, you know, I'm I'm looking late at night as I am right now, late at night, and it comes across my desk that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to interview the great and indomitable Brian Left, which we have been talking about him for weeks now. We talked about Brian Leftwich. So Brian Leftwich, you know, people start connecting him to the Jags, and it gets reported late Tuesday, maybe Wednesday night, and there goes my voice. Tuesday, Wednesday night, Brian Leftwich is hired for the Jacksonville Jaguars job. And I'm just like, that's the news I wanted to hear. That's primetime news. That's important news. That's great news. Great job. They got a really, really great pickup in Brian Leftwich, right? And I was just like, that's a perfect pick. But I was, you know, like you heard it from a lot of Jacksonville reporters, though. None of them... Were the big boy, you know, national guys. I usually believe some of the uh, the local guys more. But it didn't happen. Brian Leftwich didn't get uh, didn't get hired as the head coach. In fact, he's still not hired. Obviously, some of the uh, you know the the bigger guys like Ian Rappaport starts to. Report, report, excuse me, that, yeah, you know, uh, some of these guys have come out and uh, and said that, you know, he's not, <clears throat> excuse me, oh my God, I'm just, now I'm on Twitter, now I'm getting super distracted, sorry, but like, now Brian Leftwich is essentially, you know, not being interviewed or whatever, we're not being, or, or he is getting the job, or he's getting um, job offers or whatever, it's a confusing situation to be in if you're a fan, right? I get this tweet today. Fuck. I get this tweet today, right? It says that Brian, the holdup of Brian Leftwich being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I cannot believe I'm about to read you this. I'm shocked. My mind is mush right now. The holdup, the hangup is, quote, Source tells me that Brian Leftwich 
is the Jaguars pick. Great news, right? Great news. But the holdup is over who will have control over the roster. What? What? Leftwich wants Trent Balky out and the Jaguars to hire Adrian Wilson, who is the vice president of pro scouting with the Cardinals. If you don't know who Trent, who Trent Balky is, Trent Balky is the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To me, he was on his last. I don't know why he wasn't fired to begin with. I, I, I just don't understand it. But Trent, Brian Leftwich wants him out. He wants him out. I'm like, I don't know who this Trent Bulky guy, I don't, I don't care. Brian Leftwich is immediately more valuable than Trent Bulky. And it's just like, you guys are about to, to, to freaking not hire. And apparently it's over who will control the roster. And apparently the reason why, and I, I'm speculating here, but the reason why I'm guessing Brian Leftwich wants him out is because Trent Bulky has way too much control. Which is, again, what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks. It's just like, head coach should have control over the roster, not the GM. The GM should hire and fire the head coach, but the head coach should have control over the roster. Here we are, Trent Baalke. I, I just, I just don't understand it. I, I just, uh, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. I just don't understand it. It's just like, do you guys want to win? Do you guys want to win? Here's Jax. Do you want to win? Give Brian Leftwich a call. Yeah, ha they have good pieces. They're gonna get Evan Neal potentially number one overall. I I don't I I I don't get it. Oh my god, I don't get it with some of these teams. Oh my god, I I don't understand it. Send help. Send help. Dear God, send help. Anyways. Um, I'm peacing out. I'll watch some of these people's interviews tomorrow, and then we'll discuss it, and then we'll get into championship weekend, and then we will watch some of the games on championship. Maybe I'll even cast one. I should probably should because I haven't cast it. We'll probably cast the soup. I don't know. I'll see you tomorrow. 24th podcast.